From the epilogue of the study, Growing Up on the Gridiron, Football, Friendship, and the Tragic Life of Owen Thomas by Vicki Make, we read, Like research scientist Anne McKee and author Malcolm Gladwell, I'd never met Owen Thomas. I'd attended the church where his father was pastor, and when Owen died, I joined the memorial page established by his friends on Facebook. The stories shared there had convinced me that there was a story that needed to be told. I was compelled to find out who this young, red-headed football player had been and why so many friends, teammates, teachers, even casual acquaintances felt forever changed because they knew him. His CTE diagnosis was just one aspect of a story that centered on the relationships among young men on a football team. I contemplated writing that story for months before I began work on it on September 30th, 2012, Owen's birthday. But before I started, I went to see Owen's father, Tom Thomas, at Union United Church of Christ. I was about to begin interviewing people about Owen, and I wanted him to know before he heard secondhand. Given his role as a minister, it felt like I was seeking his blessing for the project. I sat in his office, the cemetery where Owen was buried visible over his shoulder, and told him I wanted to write about his son. For the briefest moment, Tom's face registered surprise. He paused for a minute, thoughtfully considering my reasons for writing about Owen and his friends. In a few minutes, in his gentle and soft-spoken way, he was suggesting which of Owen's friends should be interviewed for the book. Later, there would be several long interviews with him and his wife, Kathy. Their courage and faith inspired me. We would run into each other at the fundraisers his son's friends held in Owen's memory. He'd ask me how it was going. He supported the project, even when it seemed to stretch on indefinitely. He supported it even when it meant that he had to contact the Philadelphia coroner for a copy of his son's autopsy because I needed it, and only a family member could request it. The autopsy was sent to Tom and Kathy's home, and I went there on a spring Saturday to get it. We spent some time sitting on his deck, talking about it. I read this, he said, as he handed the envelope from the coroner to me. I'd never seen this before, he added quietly as if I would be surprised that a parent had not read their child's autopsy after his tragic death by suicide. Words of Vicki Make from her book, Growing Up on the Gridiron, Football, Friendship, and the Tragic Life of Owen Thomas, issued in 2020 by Beacon Press. These paragraphs tell us many things about Vicki Make as a writer. We learn of the strength of her craft, her ability to tell a powerful and moving story quietly, yet with great impact. And in using the word story, or stories, four times in the opening sentences, it becomes clear that she feels an urgency in telling this story, and by extension, simply in telling stories. Stories of family, friendship, heartache, love, and our difficult yet meaningful journey through our lives as humans. Vicki Make is a nonfiction writer, teacher, and editor whose work has appeared in regional and national publications. 
At Wilkes University, she teaches non-credit adult writing workshops and a class for first-year college students. An award-winning writer, Nake is the author of the book, as we heard, Growing Up on the Gridiron, Football, Friendship, and the Tragic Life of Owen Thomas. Her freelance journalism and creative nonfiction pieces have appeared in Ms. Magazine, The New York Times, Hippocampus Magazine, Literary Mama, and other publications. She earned a Master of Fine Arts in Creative Writing from Wilkes University. Through Wilkes, Vicki Make will offer a non-credit workshop titled Writing Pandemic Stories, a Narrative Medicine Workshop for Healthcare Professionals, March 22nd through April 26th, online, Tuesday evenings. Vicki Make paid a visit to the WVIA studios to talk with us about the workshop and her passion for writing. I was always enthralled by story. I mean, just just always enthralled by story. And I don't know if it was Joni Mitchell or who had a song that had a line in it that said, wish I could find a good book to live in. And that was something that really resonated with me because I just loved getting into those worlds, those different worlds. And I remember in my college essay that I wrote for admission to college, I wrote about how every person was like a book to me. I loved, I loved hearing their stories, and everybody had a story, and I loved hearing them. It's just always been the draw for me. And you are a remarkable writer, and you have done all varieties of writing, in particularly journalism and creative nonfiction, and you did a very powerful book that I hope is still having an impact. But remind people about the story that you just told in your recent book. The book is Growing Up on the Gridiron, Football, Friendship, and the Tragic Life of Owen Thomas. And Owen Thomas was a really remarkable young man who was from Allentown down in the Lehigh Valley. And he was a student at the University of Pennsylvania when he died by suicide at the end of his junior year. Owen, in addition to being a good scholar, University of Pennsylvania, also was a football player from the time he was nine years old. And after he died, what was discovered was he was, at that time, the youngest person still playing on the amateur level found to have CTE, chronic traumatic encephalopathy, the brain the brain injury. Research has progressed because Owen's been dead for 11-plus for, uh, years now. They now know has a clear correlation with playing football, and the younger you play seems to be a factor. So that's what the book was about, but the book was really also about the love that young men have for the sport of football and why it's important to them and why it's important in their lives, as well as being about Owen. What I think is that you are gifted as a writer, but what does it mean to take it another step and help other people write, too? It isn't necessarily a foregone conclusion because one writes well that one can help other people write. Well, you know, and I've worked with with folks writing in a lot of different ways. I have worked with people who are other writers as I am, working on things that they're that they're working on. But I've also worked with folks who are just interested in telling their stories, whether it's their family stories or they want to write a, a personal memoir and they don't necessarily have any dreams of writing a bestseller, but they have a story to tell. I also had an opportunity when I was finishing my MFA at Wilkes University to do an internship at St. Luke's Hospice that was part of St. Luke's Hospital in Bethlehem. I did an internship to complete my MFA work where I taught a workshop for people in the hospice bereavement program. 
for people who had lost a loved one in hospice. And this was not a group of people who necessarily wanted to publish a book. They wanted to process the experience of loss. And I had a wonderful interest in the workshop. It ended up that I then went back off and on for about five years and taught it again at St. Luke's. It really was great. And what was remarkable to me about that experience was I had all kinds of folks in it. I had people who were who were lawyers, white-collar professionals. I had people who were working in the trades. I had all kinds of folks. And they all had a story to tell about their common experience of losing someone they cared about. And all of them told really remarkable stories. And really what I do in cases like that is I create... I like to think, a place where people are comfortable telling those stories, a safe place where they can share those things. And I I had some people share some really, really remarkable things, really remarkable things from people who were not, you know, I'm making the quote marks in the air here, writers per se. And and I, I like to think that it was that it was really helpful for them to do that. To what degree does being a good listener, which you are, What does that have to do with creating that safe space? Well, it has everything to do with it. It has everything to do with it because people want to be heard. They want want to be heard. And interestingly enough, we haven't moved on to talking about the workshop that I'm here to talk about, but there's a component of that that has to do with being a listener as well. People who are in the field of of narrative medicine know that it's really a two-part It's a two-part process. It is the writing, but it's also listening. The folks at Columbia University who who have a program in narrative medicine talk about the component is close listening. But there have been other people who have talked about this as well. There's a a great doctor who's also pioneered in this field. Her name is Rachel Naomi Remen, who has done a lot of work with medical schools developing curriculum for people studying to be doctors, and she talks about generous listening, that component that's really important for us to hear one another's stories. You know, in her case, she's talking about doctors hearing their patients' stories. So listening is really, really an important part. You are about to offer a workshop in March. Please explain to us what that remarkable program is under which your workshop is being offered. Well, it's the Maslow Family Graduate Program in Creative Writing at Wilkes University. The program offers a Master of Arts and a Master of Fine Arts degree in creative writing in a variety of genres. People can study everything from screenwriting and playwriting to fiction and creative nonfiction, poetry. But they also offer non-credit community workshops. And it's under that umbrella of the non-credit community workshops that I'm going to be teaching this particular workshop, which is Pandemic Stories which is a narrative medicine workshop for healthcare professionals to tell the stories of their pandemic experiences. And in in this particular case, the community workshops that the Wilkes program offers, just like their formal program, runs the gamut. People there can study fiction writing, you know, poetry, creative nonfiction. But this particular workshop, my focus is really on, again, creating that place, that comfortable place where people can tell the stories of their experiences in the pandemic. 
And I'm not looking for people to come in writing like Ernest Hemingway. I'm looking for people to come in with stories to tell. What was the impulse? You could teach workshops on, on many different things. I, I like to believe maybe we're, we're moving out of most critical most critical part. I've heard so many folks say, I'm going to have to write about my experience. I've heard folks in the healthcare profession say this. And part of the impetus was that experience I talked about where I had taught that workshop in the hospice program. And I, I knew how important it was to provide a place for people to tell those stories. A part of it, too, is that I've taught a credit class called The Power of Story for freshmen at, at Wilkes for about six years. And one of the things that we, we talk about in that class is, is the importance of storytelling for us as human beings. There's been research done. If, if you're a science person, this isn't just humanity's side of the house talking. Neuroscientists have studied this, and stories are how we as human beings make sense of what happened to us in life. And so that was part of the impetus here, too that hopefully by providing a place where some of our frontline workers can come and tell those stories, they can help make sense of what they've been through, and they've been through an awful lot. Does this involve then nurses, doctors, pharmacists, you say? Yes. And who else? Emergency medical technicians, social workers, really anybody who works in any way, I would say, on the clinical side in direct contact with patients on, on any level really an aide who works in healthcare. It can, it can really be anybody. I would like to add that nurses, pharmacists, social workers, all can get continuing education credits for taking this workshop. And we're waiting to find out if doctors will be able to get continuing medical CMEs, continuing medical education credits for it. We don't, we don't know. Sometimes they aren't as readily available for some things. But one reason why that is, is because there is a component of this that translates into improving patient care. And the way that happens is because the healthcare provider, by working in this realm of story, becomes more attuned to their patients. It develops empathy. And that is extremely helpful in the healthcare encounter. So that is that goes back to that whole concept of generous listening or close listening to to the stories of their patients. So that's a component of it I think that's really important for people to know and I think it would be helpful for people to know that they can get continuing education credits for doing this. And have you in the course of this long stretch of time when we've been dealing with the pandemic heard a story from a healthcare worker that is stuck with you? There have been so many stories done in, in the media on so many levels about this. One that I'm probably going to touch on using in my class was on a website called LitHub. An EMT did a series of two or three articles called A Night on the Front Lines of the Pandemic. And it was about, as an EMT, going out on calls and going into people's houses and what that was like. That's one that comes to mind. Just absolutely so moving and and just so almost overwhelming to hear those experiences as a listener because this is a person who was writing not only about what it was like to be encountering patients who were sick with with COVID but also just what it was like to be doing their job exposing themselves to the virus even though they were wearing PPE personal protective equipment what it was like to be going into somebody's home that maybe might not be the safest conditions. 
that was one that that really really resonated with me there was one that was done in the new york times although it wasn't just written they actually had put a camera on a nurse as she was working in the icu and that was just so incredibly powerful just incredibly powerful to be seeing the scene as she saw it as she saw it what happens if we don't give form to our experience we just keep it inside and it festers well essentially that is that is what happens you asked about my impetus for doing this and and one of the folks that i greatly admire is somebody who has done a lot of research about the value of using writing and stories to process trauma and he's a social psychologist named james pennybaker a lot of folks have heard of dr pennybaker he is at the university of texas at austin And he has, for most of his career, been engaged in research about the value of story and expressive writing to process trauma and to process people's experiences. And in fact, he and some of his colleagues actually did start a website during the pandemic called Pandemic Stories that has prompts on it for people to find a way to start to write about their experiences. But his research has shown that by writing, you know, he's quantified these experiences. By writing, people have actually been able to reduce the trauma that they feel around certain experiences. That's healthy for everyone, not just the person, but the person's family or friends, anyone. Now, how do you then envision that this workshop would unfold? We're going to approach it in a number of ways. At every workshop, we are going to be taking a look at what some other folks have written about the pandemic and also about some other things in healthcare, just to give them some ideas about the way that other clinicians, other nurses, doctors, patients, because actually a patient is considered part of this process as well. This workshop is not is not for, for patients, but they are considered part of the narrative medicine community as well when they want to write about their experience as a patient. But we're going to look at some pieces of writing to draw some inspiration from those and some ideas of where to start. And then I'll be providing, you know, I mentioned the word prompts. I'll be providing a framework, something for people to react to, I guess, is the best way to put it. A question to answer, something to respond to. For example, I have a piece that we're going to look at that is called having an MRI slash waiting for laundry that appeared in a wonderful literary magazine that actually focuses on medicine as a theme called the Bellevue Literary Review. Bellevue Hospital in New York started this literary magazine years ago. It's considered one of the really respected, great literary magazines about narrative medicine. And this particular piece is about somebody having an MRI and how the sounds that she was hearing reminded her of what she heard in her mother's old washing machine on laundry day. So the prompt that's going to come out of that is to write about a pandemic experience by contrasting it with another life experience. So that's an example of a prompt that I'll be using. You know, it's providing a way to enter these experiences. Because if, if you just say, write about one of your experiences, well, where where does one begin? So it's providing entry points. It's providing entry points for them to be able to get some of these things down on paper. And when I mentioned these examples of other kinds of writing, in no way meant 
to be intimidating or I have to write like that person has written, but just as a way to get us started. But Vicki, isn't there a tendency on the part of so many of us to say, well, what could I possibly have to say or what would my story mean? It's all been said and better than I could. You know, everybody everybody really does have a story and it's it's all part of the history that someday is going to be told of this time. And it's everyone's collective stories that make up the entirety of what we'll know about what happened over these years. So you have to kind of move away from thinking, what does my story matter, to a place of thinking that all of our stories matter, that the great collection of all of our stories is really what's going to give the total picture of what this was like. And again, also, the flip side of that is going back to what we were saying earlier, which is it's really important for us to process our own experiences. It's really, really important to do that, as opposed to just holding them inside. Vicki Make, nonfiction writer, teacher, and editor, speaking with us about her passion for writing and telling stories. Vicki Make will offer a non-credit workshop titled Writing Pandemic Stories, a narrative medicine workshop for healthcare professionals through Wilkes University online, and that's March 22nd through April 26th, Tuesday evenings. For more information online, wilkes.edu wilkes.edu and you can look for the Maslow Family Graduate Program in Creative Writing and that will take you to all the details you need about the workshop titled Writing Pandemic Stories a Narrative Medicine Workshop for Healthcare Professionals March 22nd through April 26th online Tuesday evenings taught by Vicki Make. For more information on the web, wilkes.edu, wilkes.edu, and search for the Maslow Family Graduate Program in Creative Writing. Oh, and Vicki Make has her own website. It's vickimake.com, V-I-C-K-I-M-A-Y-K.com, vickimake.com. <laughs>